0: Circuit Cast with your host, Mark Amory. Kia ora and welcome to Circuit Cast. On this episode, we have an interview with Montreal experimental filmmaker Alexandra LaRose. Alex creates these quite often mesmeric, ghostly experimental films that play with the physical fabric of film to convey memory and time. He was the recipient of Circuit Residency here in New Zealand in 2016 which saw him create an installation for Translucent Screen, St. Bathin's Repetitions and this film has been subsequently shown in Montreal, Vienna, at the New York Film Festival in California as well as in Christchurch in Wellington and now it's having it's Auckland installation at the Audio Foundation as part of the show Pulse Repeat. And now on the phone from Montreal I have Alex himself, Kia ora and bonjour Alex. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'd like to start with your residency last year. So you, you were based for a few months at St. Bathans, which is a pretty small central Otago historic township with a pretty eerie old mining landscape. I was quite interested to know why St. Bathans.
1: Yeah, well, it was a, it was a combination of things, but uh, initially when, um, when I had the impulse to um, do a residency, I needed or I wanted to be in an isolated space with very very few distractions and then upon a few conversations with Mark
0: mm, that's our um, director of circuit Mark Williams yes
1: yeah exactly so then we we ended up focusing or finding that uh, St. Batten's which uh, I think Mark had visited before so I looked at some pictures online and uh, contacted the host of the house so yeah it was really um, For me, a way to, uh, because I had just finished a longer project and I wanted to be, exactly like I said, free of distractions to try something new with with a technique that I had experimented before, basically.
0: It is a strange and eerie landscape that seems to fit a little bit with the dreamlike nature of quite a bit of your film work.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, uh, like the dreamy or the eeriness that you mentioned really sort of, I think, came through first uh, with the technique of, of the layering on the film strip, and then upon talking to a few uh, New Zealanders uh, when I was traveling uh, sometimes around a couple of cities, it, you, you're right that few of them had been to St. Baton. So I think the fact that it's a very um, unknown location even for, for New Zealanders kind of add that dreaminess or eeriness to it because they can only imagine Uh, how it actually looks like and then when you actually get there it does have that quality.
0: How did you start to create a work there? What was the process of of arriving there and then deciding how to create a work?
1: The residency happened between uh, December 1st 2015 and April 1st 2016 so for a month for the first month I immersed myself in that location I mean that was the only place I could live for, for that month and I I sort of experimented with, um, you know, the, the the cameras I had and how to frame the space, both outdoor and, uh, you know, the, the the area of the dunes surrounding the lake that was quite uh, uh, ev- uh, evocative for me, and as and also the interior space of the house that I lived, which I really didn't think it would become a subject in itself, but. So for that month, I sort of experimented a lot with both spaces, framing it and doing uh, you know, motion movement, experimenting with movement. Then I went to Auckland for January, where I did some uh, other tests at Auckland uh, University of Technology. So then for the final two months, uh, I went back to St. Batons which uh, I, I didn't know it was going to be possible ahead of the whole trip. And at the end, the final month, my father traveled to New Zealand and, and he sort of became kind of a structural point for the project because he's the figure uh, moving through most of the spaces.
0: Mm. Was there a reason you used your father? I mean, I do notice that there's quite a personal nature to quite a lot of your previous works.
1: I had worked with my father before coming to New Zealand and also my, uh, my mother, so both my parents were in a series of studies that I started to do in their own home. And in New Zealand, because I, I, you know, I became quite attached to that domestic space there, I, I thought that my father in the space probably could tie me up with the space through the medium of film, if that makes sense again. Yes. And uh, the other aspect was that I considered asking other uh, residents of Saint-Batens, but there, if you if you know, like, there's very few there. I think there's four permanent <laughs> residents, and and the type of work involved in in that uh, in the filming requires a kind of a, a all day availability. So you know, my father really was the only person that that could have that availability. So yes. so there's you know there's a practical reason, but. Even if, if local residents might have been open to it, I, I still feel that it kind of br- brought my sort of own heritage to the project in a way,
0: you know? Yes, I see, I see. Uh, the, the, the film St. Bathans' Repetitions, as the title begins, is literally there's a series of repetitions, this overlaying of film, where I think you've re-exposed the same film, uh, so there's this layering of textures. I'm quite interested in this technique uh, and how you go about it and what you're trying to create with it.
1: I think because of the photographic nature of film, like the, the fact that when you expose it, there's no undoing of that light hitting the emulsion. It mm. sort of becomes a body that kind of acquires this optical or, or light memory mm. and everything will be sort of condensed or compressed into that one frame, if you, if you will. And I'm not sure how I could... Uh, explain how it's done but it's there's a simplicity in the in the process but there is a lot of technical issues at work here such as making sure there's no overexposure for instance or how do you maintain the position of the frame so those things are we're all rehearsed ahead of time to make sure that by the final month it would of work, and so yeah i think i'm trying to capture a multiplicity of time in a non-hierarchical way, if that makes sense. Because you can discern which layer is first, comes first. And and it's something I think I I like when I look at the uh, overall accumulation of those
0: repetitions. Yes, I like this physical, kind of bodily kind of feeling with your work. There's a quote I had here. The film strip is a body that's acquiring memory, you said in, a, in a re- another interview. Um, I, I I like this, um, so you're literally rewinding the film and, and starting again is that the the physical process that's it yeah that's it and yeah. in terms of the other effects in the film, are those all with uh in camera effects or and or how much work is being done after after filming
1: right yeah so that actually that's a good question there was no there is no uh, post production per se except for the processing of the film so uh, this was quite uh, an unnerving uh, challenge when I was in New Zealand because I couldn't process any of that material. It required um, a <laughs> certain chemical, and which was not which uh, which I think you couldn't I couldn't ship it in the country. So all the work was sort of shot four months except in Auckland, i could do a little bit of uh, testing because they they do have a photographic dark room but in saint Batten's everything was shot and then i flew back to canada and waited a month i think or so and then i processed the the entire work so so yeah there's no post-production once the film has been shot the only thing that happens after is just uh, the assembling of the various reels because the the film is made up of a couple studies, and so the, those are sort of intact, and then it's, it was a matter of sequencing them, more or less.
0: So, I mean, the, the, the obvious question, I guess, is why you continue to work with film in this way when working digitally is so probably arguably easier and you, you hand develop your work? I mean, why, why do this? Yeah, well,
1: I, I just think like, the, the concept wouldn't work uh, with the digital medium because like this the fact that you can't see what you're doing is part for me of this of the excitement of working with it like if i if i shot everything digitally like the whole idea of the film as a body that's acquiring mm. memory wouldn't it doesn't work on the digital medium basically yeah, yeah.
0: In Auckland, and as I saw when it was shown at the the Young in Wellington, uh, it is being shown on a translucent screen. I'm, I'm presuming that's not the case for all the screenings around the world. But I mean, what does what effect does having a sort of a translucent screen, the the installation part of the project, have for you?
1: When we uh, started to install at the Young, actually, what happened was the background of that screen was the was a white wall, and so it started to create this double image, which added uh, an artificial depth to the image, which I thought was interesting because the whole, the whole material is very, very flat in a sense. Like the, it, you can really feel the flatness of the medium probably because of all the artifacts that come from the treatment. And so the translucent screen was a way to kind of maybe see through that thickness, and then uh, yes. when, the, when we discovered that there was this image, that the, the light was, was uh, traversing that screen and having this optical uh, illusion, as you moved around the screen, you, you basically changed your viewing experience.
0: I'd like to ask you about another example of you working directly with film, and that is uh, the, the film Villa Maria, uh, which, as I understand, is sort of about a dream of literally flying, that where you... You actually involved throwing and dropping a Super 8 camera in a cardboard rocket from the top of a very tall building in Montreal, um, as to what you were trying to do with that work.
1: At the same time as I was developing the idea, I had this recurring dream of falling but facing upwards Hmm. from the building, and I I thought, what happens if I would transpose that vision of those dreams into reality, and then uh, I slowly developed... A device that I would put a camera in that would face up, so the the camera would sort of be inserted into this rocket-shaped contraption, and then I basically, before the project happened at Place Ville Marie in Montreal, I had the, a series of drops from very low buildings and higher ones, as basically as we worked out the technical aspect, and then in the end, it's it's also a repetition in in uh, in the end that film, but it's a repetition happening sequentially and not layered. The way that the film was constructed at the end from all those drops was sort of a way for me to express a a lack of control over both the medium and also probably some unconscious, you know, fears or something like that. But I don't know if I want to go into that.
0: Ah, well, I like that. I like the sense of of you know that often film seems like a media which is all about control and con- controlling the world, um, whereas finding ways for it to reflect more of an experience of the world is, is is interesting.
1: Yeah, and you know maybe if I can just make a bridge with you know the the the, the project in Saint Batten, in a way it's very similar where I'm kind of always putting myself in a situation where I can't control really the the vision that I'm producing because film is very unpredictable and has a mechanical uh, fragility and, you know, a chemical uncertainty. So I think all those things keep going through uh, the works that I've done in the past, probably.
0: Hey, Alex, you've attended three circuit symposiums in Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch. Now, I'm interested in your thoughts on the the local New Zealand scene, your impressions as an outsider.
1: What I've noticed from maybe from other uh, events that I've participated here in Canada, I think there is definitely, from my perspective, at least there's a, a strong connection to the relationship with the Maori culture and issues of post-colonialism. For, mm. for instance, that uh, here is maybe le- less obvious, at least from my perspective of what I've and also uh, the works that I've seen from the various commissions. There's also a very, very strong conceptual basis and the, the aspect of the experience from the medium, to me, was maybe not as evident as how the concept would be articulated. You know, there's still a strong experiential uh, situation happening, but maybe it's done very differently than, than, than in other parts of the world.
0: Are there other particular artists that stood out for you that you're, you're interested in?
1: One of the first times I came here was uh, I was introduced to the works of uh, the work of Nova Paul, which I, I thought was sort of had both the conceptual and the uh, the technical kind of aspect in in um, kind of a strong way with the work she did with uh, three color separation, and Gavin Hitkins as well. And it's uh, I was I'm still trying to to grasp the like what he's doing. Because I really, yeah, I think it's very interesting the way he plays with images and the collage aspect of his films. I'm less familiar with his photographic work, but yeah.
0: Oh, thank you for joining us today, Alex. Um, I was quite interested to know what you're working on now.
1: I'm working on a project again with uh, my father, actually, in my own uh, apartment this time.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, Alexandra. (laughs) We hope to see you back in New Zealand again. Au revoir. Okay. (laughs) Okay, bye. CircuitCast is brought to you with the assistance of Creative New Zealand, with music by Heat Pump. Follow CircuitCast on iTunes. For more information, see circuit.org.nz.